Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. Today's the last day before school. So um, we thought maybe we'd talk to the kids and anyone else who may resonate with the message about stuff that might be a bit more important than good grades. And that's your character. Now, parents, before you get me wrong, before you um, start throwing things at me, I believe grades are very important. (laughs) But it's not always about A's and B's, right? You want our kids to to do their best, to apply themselves, to put their best foot forward and to reach their potential, right? That's what we're looking for. Cool. So I'm not going to get lynched at the end of the service. That's great. So grades are important. I'm just saying character is slightly more. So... Um, Have you ever heard anyone say to you, oh man, life's so tough, life's so rough, I wish there was a manual that came with this, right? And then you tell that person that this is the handbook, this is the manual to life, this tells us how to live life good, okay? It teaches us how to love ourselves, how to love each other, and how to love God. And most importantly, it tells us how much God actually loves us, and knowing that fact makes those other three loves much easier to love ourselves, each other, and God. Interestingly, but not unsurprisingly, developing character is a major theme throughout the Bible. In the Bible, it provides heaps of lessons, parables, testimonies from which we can learn about Christ-like character. Character is defined... Now, I haven't got any markers on my sheet to tell me... um, when I should be clicking the button, but thankfully I have Mitch, he's on it, thank you very much. Our character is defined by, oh, that's really small, sorry, by the Oxford Dictionary, is that readable? Um, The mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Now, I have a bone to pick already with that, Um, if you're looking from a biblical perspective. Yes, we are individuals, but I think from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, But the way the Bible teaches character is that although it is expressed uniquely one to another because we're all individuals, Christ is actually trying to install an underpinning moral compass that is the Holy Spirit. And that's the thing we hold in common. Because otherwise it's just um, relative morality, right? Like it's what's good for you and what's good for you is just fine, whatever. Like, you, just, you do you, I do me, you don't get in my way, I won't get in yours, and then we're, we're happy, right? That's, that's where the world is going right now, and that's not what the Bible's teaching. So this definition from Oxford, I think, is very much um, along those secular lines at the moment. Um, so if you look at um, A.W. Tozer, and if you know who A.W. Tozer is, he's a, he's a legend of a preacher and an author, early 1900s, um, from America. Uh, he describes... Character as the excellence of moral beings. So in other words, if excellence for golf is a hold in one, and the excellence for cricket is winning by 10 wickets on day three, um, <laughs> so the excellence, the excellence of man is his character. A person's character is the sum of their heart, mind, soul, and strength, not just their actions. Character should be gauged by considering the person as a whole, not on the basis of a few isolated actions or mistakes. 
For example, King David, he's regarded as a man of good character, but he stuffed up a few times, right? Other people in the Bible are described as having um, a noble character, such as Ruth and Job. Their lives are distinguished by consistent moral virtue. Now, it is the Lord's desire to develop his character within us. And a godly Christ-like character is the result of the Holy Spirit's presence and transformative work in our lives. God sometimes uses trials and troubles to strengthen our character. In fact, Paul says in Romans, rejoice. Yes, rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. It's a very yoga, yoga, Yoda, Yoda-esque little train of thought. And uh, just a heads up, Mr. George Lucas knew his Bible. He was brought up as a Methodist. <laughs> no longer like that. Um, <laughs> um, the, the, the development of our character pleases the Lord. When we refine that, when we lean into that, that pleases him. Because we... Are not made, uh, sorry, are we not made in his image? The development of our character is part of that realignment um, that we must go through as Christians from being sinners into being a holy um, creation under God, right? And so that is a lifelong journey of, of realignment, and this is all about character. Now, I'm not going to stand up here as, as a bright, shining example of Christ like character because I'm not. <laughs> um, definitely not. My character is still under construction, still a work in progress. But if we were filled with the Holy Spirit and our hearts are overflowing with His love, then our character should perhaps look something like this. So in the next slide, we have just a, a list of things that we would think is noble or Christ-like. Now, this is by no means exhaustive, but we think it's a decent representation of what we're trying to get at here. Um, so today, Steve and I are going to touch on three of these topics, uh, the, three of these character traits, uh, patience, determination, and compassion. Uh, so, yeah, one attribute of being Christ-like is patience. Uh, now, patience is essential because uh, it's a core part of other Christ-like qualities. Uh, in 1, Corinth- sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, we read that patience is part of love. Uh, so patience is the ability to endure difficult people. No, I'm kidding. I'm not looking at you. <laughs> and situations without giving into anger or giving up hope. Uh, all of us face situations uh, that test our patience from time to time. It could be uh, a delivery gets delayed because it get lots, gets lost in transit. Or when you're driving down the road, you get stuck behind a really slow driver on a one-lane road and you can't overtake, so you just have to sit there behind them, patiently waiting, and you can't beep them because it's an old granny, so you've got to be nice to them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It can be a challenge to be patient in a world that moves so quickly. However, we are called to clothe ourselves... Didn't click properly. We can... yeah, sorry. However, we are called to clothe ourselves with patience and patiently wait for God in every situation. I know for myself, I've had to practice patience for the last couple of weeks at work. Uh, when I got back, uh, they moved a couple of things around. They moved my section to another area. But they decided to do all that before they completed all the wiring, including the internet. And so their quick fix was someone plugging in a small little Wi-Fi router and thinking that would be enough. 
Um, yeah, anyway, I won't go into that. But uh, essentially, it's not fast enough, and so it takes about maybe five minutes sometimes to open a Word document from the company database. And as someone who loves technology and uh, having technology run as fast as possible, I found that to be a challenge. Um, I've had to learn to be patient and to find other ways of uh, getting my work done. Uh, being patient looks different for everyone. But the way we practice patience is by being in those situations and inviting God to be a part of us in the midst of it. Uh, for example, today after the service, many of the blokes might get the opportunity to practice patience while they wait for their wife to finish talking with her friends <laughs> so they can go home. <laughs> On that note, over to you, Paul. <laughs> I've got a handboard of a big one. <laughs> hey, okay, um, I'm going to be speaking about determination. Now, um, determination, perseverance, steadfastness, and resolve. I really like these terms, but they're all very synonymous. Um, the next slide will have a definition for us, yeah. Um, so determination means uh, a firmness of purpose, a tendency to move in a fixed direction. Perseverance, persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Steadfastness, which I really love. I was brought up in Boys Brigade and their, their mantra was sure and steadfast, to be of one mind and to be determined. And I love that. I love that. And so that's really uh, stuck with me. And then steadfastness is, has always been a special term. But being resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering, resolve, firm determination to do something. So if I may take a literary liberty by kind of combining these definitions, they would probably come out and say an unwavering firmness of purpose despite difficulty. And I guess that sums up all four of those. So if I'm going to use those words during this little chat, they're all interchangeable, okay? So I may not say determination every single time, which is probably a good thing because that'll be really boring. Um, but I, I love these terms because it's kind of like, and there's an element of stubbornness about it, right? But it's a positive stubbornness. Often stubbornness is seen as a, a negative thing. This is used in positive terms that are endearing and that people actually aspire to. Um, and so I love that. It's a bit of like, don't tell me what to do. I'm on a mission. So I just, it really resonates with me. The scriptures are littered with examples of determined characters. Nehemiah, he led the rebuilding of Jerusalem's walls. Daniel was determined to do the right things in the eyes of the Lord and not eat the sacrificial meat. So he ate the vegetables and stuff and he was better than all the other boys after 10 days. Job, obviously. I didn't know, but Job's a Gentile. He was alive during Abraham. So he's not even part of the, the chosen people. But God had revealed himself to other people groups. And I think that's really cool. And I, that gives us hope when we hear about like, people in Indonesia that are unreached. Then you know that God's actually there already preparing the soil for, for the missionaries to come. And so I guess all these questions about, oh, how about these unpeople, uh, unsaved people groups? Do they all just go to hell? It's like, well, we don't know what they've been like exposed to how is God reaching them without actually using us like through nature and xyz but I thought that's an aside I just thought it was really interesting Job uh, his heritage Joseph discarded by his family falsely accused used and forgotten at least for a little while and then he was finally restored now that's a, that was a rough trot but the one that I really liked um, and this is not egotistical at all um, is actually Apostle Paul um, <laughs> that's the one I like to read about um, now, Saul or Paul, 
uh, behaved in the same manner on both sides of his conversion. He was a hardcore God lover before, and he was a hardcore God lover after. Totally different motives, but the same character. And I, I believe God see, saw that character and was like, I can use this. I want this guy. He just needs to have his eyes open. And as soon as they were, he was humble enough to be like, well, I'm on the wrong side of history here. I need to go sort this out. And I didn't know until like a, maybe 20 months ago that he actually left society for 14 years to get revelation directly from God. And it says in the scriptures that he got his revelation of Christ from God, not from man. And I was like, that's insane. 14 years, just off the grid. Yeah, it's fantastic. So he was passionate and resolute in his mission for God. And he, and he wasn't afraid to ruffle feathers, right? Before and after. Before, obviously, persecuting Christians. After, new boy on the block, rocks up to, to Peter in Jerusalem, butts heads with him. A couple of days later, or weeks, I don't know, but... Soon after, has a Barney with Barnabas, and they split up mid-mission. Like, the guy's just, he knows what he knows, and he sticks to it. And fun fact, I never knew this until literally four days ago, that Paul, Saul did not change his name to Paul because of his conversion. I didn't know that. I, he's always known as Saul and Paul, but one is a Hebrew name, Saul, and one is a Latin Roman name, Paul. So, it was actually, he's always had the name Paul, he just was chosen to be known by that more often during his ministry because he was ministering to the Romans and, and Gentiles. So, fun fact. Hopefully that didn't, like, blow everyone's mind because it blew mine, like, four days ago. I was like, what? I thought this was, like, an Abram Abraham thing, but no. Anyway, <laughs> so Paul represents what it means to be, uh, to, to persevere. And in 2 Corinthians, it says, kind of, like, lists his turmoil. Like, imprisoned repeatedly, flogged, Exposed to death frequently, received 39 lashes five times, beaten with rods three times, pelted with stones, shipwrecked three times. The guy can't go anywhere without having a tragedy. It's insane. But despite all his persecution, Paul was able to share the good news with both the leaders of society, like untouchable people for common folk, as well as the common man. He was able to access places and to and to reach people that the early church could not, both geographically and socially. He was trained as a Pharisee. He was destined for the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is like the, um, the governing body, yes, a board of directors for the, for, the, for the country, and it was made of Sadducees and, uh, and Pharisees, right? Um, and so he was destined for that because he was a high flyer, and now he's making tents and um, being thrown in prison and beaten, and, and starving. So Paul certainly did go through a lot, and is a very good personification of perseverance. There's one thing that he's never experienced, well, not that I know of, and that's childbirth. <laughs> now, now, I have to say, um, that is a true test of determination and perseverance, if I have ever seen one or two. I have, two ch- <laughs> I have two children, and on uh, both occasions, my wife is now going red, I was, <laughs> I was just in awe of that woman, as I'm sure every other husband is here, uh, of, of their own wife, not mine. Um, but, <laughs> 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 but, 
I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how it feels to give birth, but um, I actually had really bad gastro once. And, <laughs> and a dear friend of ours, a dear friend of ours, who's 50, had birthed three children of her own, okay, so more experienced than my own wife, said that, oh, Paul, that's probably close to childbirth pain. I was like, yes, thank you. Thank you for the, just, the validation. I was in fetal position around the toilet for days. Um, <laughs> much to my wife's shock, she's like, no, 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 that doesn't count. I was like, nah, done, been there, done that, sweetheart. Like, you keep going. But um, I know what it's like. Um, <laughs> but the determination on Bianca's face, like, legit, was, it was like steely. And I was like, wow, who is this woman? She's a machine. Like, she's just like, I'm just taking a bit of gas, too late for like, you know, opioids and that morphine stuff. No, no, just going all natural now. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just sitting in the corner, like, really empathizing with her, thinking like, I'm glad it's her and not me. Because um, I'm a wuss. I have to say, like, I would have tapped out ages ago. But like, give me the epidural. Like, <laughs> I'm not one for pain, but she's just hardcore, hardcore. But as you know, Jesus himself is actually the ultimate role model of perseverance. In Luke 9.51, it says, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. This means that he was determined to fulfill his purpose on the cross. Despite all the voices around him, even from his own disciples, telling him not to do it. This is not the right way to, to do what you want to do. And also his agonizing in the garden. Jesus stayed the course. We will all face hardships and challenges in our lives, whether in the schoolyard, workplace, or at home. But it's how we respond to those challenges that reveals our character. And it soon becomes very clear whether we are determined or not, whether we are resolute or not, whether we are steadfast or not. Determination is key to our growth. Because if you never push through, You'll never know what you're capable of. You'll never know what you and God are capable of. And you find it difficult to be determined or to face hard things or to have barriers in front of you that get in your way. Then pray. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Because we have access to the same determination that Jesus had and he displayed in the Gospels through the Holy Spirit. And then choose a barrier. Choose a small easy barrier in your life that you haven't been able to get through and then just go for it because if he's for you then who can be against you right take confidence in that trust in him that he loves you and he loves you more than you're afraid of that barrier so hold on and continue holding on be steadfast despite the physical reality of what is before you persevere with the strength of the holy spirit jesus encourages us with this Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And that does take a measure of perseverance to see that. And the last attribute of Christ-like character that we're going to be exploring today is compassion. Uh, throughout his ministry, Jesus displayed compassion on many different occasions. Uh, we see two examples of this uh, alone in the feeding of the 5,000. In Matthew chapter 14, we are told that when Jesus saw the large crowd waiting for him 
when he arrived, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. In the evening, when the disciples told Jesus he should send the crowds to the nearby villages to get food for them, again, Jesus had compassion on them. And instead of making them walk to the villages to get food, he multiplied the five loaves of bread and the two fish and created abundance of food for them. Now, the Latin root for the word compassion is pati. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, which means to suffer. And the prefix com, which means with. And so compassion, originating from compati, literally means to suffer with. So how is that relevant in everyday, in the, in everyday life? Well, all you have to do is turn on the 6 o'clock news and you'll see anything from reports of theft, assault, murder, wars, the list goes on. And anyone who has been in or is going through a difficult time, they need someone who is able to connect and to suffer with them. And that's the example Jesus gave to those around him. One of the shortest verses in the Bible is about Jesus suffering with people. After Jesus is told to follow Mary and the others to the place where Lazarus had been buried, John chapter 11, verse 35 says, Jesus wept. Just those two words show part of Christ's character. In order to connect with people, we need to be able to get alongside them in the good and bad times. Now, some of the ways that we can practice compassion might be by forgiving people when uh, they've hurt or offended us and they may not have noticed. Rejoicing with those who rejoice, mourning with those who mourn. And these things aren't religious actions that can only be done at church. You might see a friend in the schoolyard uh, by themselves. An act of compassion may be inviting them to hang out with you and your friend group or to play a sport together. Or it might be in the workplace. A colleague who is uh, often quite bright and cheerful seems quieter than normal. You could ask them if everything is all right and they might up open up to you that Someone in their family has recently passed away. Showing compassion would be mourning with that person, but also supporting them through that difficult time. So, as a, we're going to round up. But to have Christ-like character is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's no way other than that. You can't have Christ-like character without Jesus living in you. Otherwise, it's just works and labor, and you're not going to get very far. You must have the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit will transform us both outwardly and inwardly. Our character is influenced by the choices that we make. So let us choose to pray in those moments. Choose to study the Word so that we are equipped. Be mindful of our thoughts during the day. Practice Christ-like qualities, like on that slide of a million things, and keep godly company. And I'm sure, like, I don't remember the exact stat, but I'm sure a lot of you have heard this before, but you are the sum of your four closest friends or the four closest people in your life, say. So it's very important, especially for kids who are at school, who are you around? Because science says that they're going to influence you probably more than you influence them if the majority of them are not on the same page as what you are. So please keep wise company. And remember, this is a lifelong long process. So be gracious with yourself, okay? It's not going to happen overnight, and God's just going to continue refining us day after day, barrier after barrier. Slow driver after slow driver. <laughs> and I do recognize this might be tricky for those in school, and particularly high school. It's an intense 
concentrated environment. You've got a very closed community group that has a long memory and a selective one at that. One social faux pas in grade eight, and you could be paying for that for the next five years, you know? It, it can really be a yucky place. So I pray that you receive the Holy Spirit, that you take that into schools, that you develop, allow the Holy Spirit, sorry, allow the Holy Spirit to develop in you a strong Christ-like character, that you hold steadfastly to what you know is true and not allow peer pressure or bullying to dictate your behaviours or beliefs. As we leave this morning, let us practice being a godly influence on each other and let's call out and commend the Christ-like qualities that we see in one to another. Let us take the time in our lives to develop and cultivate a Christ-like character in ourselves and in others. So uh, I'm going to close in prayer. So if you'd all like to close your eyes, bow your heads. Dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus as the awesome example of what we should be aiming to be like and how we should act in everyday life. Lord, I pray that uh, as we leave today, we would all aim to be like Jesus, that we would practice those those Christ-like qualities, um, the ones that both Paul and I have shared about and uh, the multitude more that, uh, that Jesus showed to us that, that you aim for us to be. No matter if it's in the workplace or the schoolyard or out with friends, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be led by the example of Jesus. Pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.